Hallelujah. It's good to see each one of you in this place to worship God. Our classes, God bless you. You can be dismissed. All the youth and classes that love to go, please. If you'll just join with them, they'll direct you where to go, what rooms to go in, and go back there and have a good time. Pray for our teachers. Man, they got about an hour a week to impart the word of God into our children's hearts and grandchildren's hearts. And man, I'll tell you, if there's ever been a time, we need the doctrine of truth. Amen. Imparted into their hearts and souls and lives. Man, I'm telling you, it's now. Praise God. So good to have this couple, young man with us. Brother Randy, is this your daughter? I figured I finally put the dots together. I apologize. But I just dawned on me. Amen. So good to have you all with us this morning. Appreciate you being here. Let's give them a good hand again. Hallelujah. All the way from Texas, right? All the way from Texas. My, my. So it's good to have them in the house of God with us today. I'm telling you, just an exciting time. To be living for the Lord. It's ever been a time to get anchored and settled and get things settled by the word of God. He promised us that in the Old Testament. Amen. You know, a little thought came to my mind in worship this morning. As, um, and I may preach this and I may be, we'll just use this as a little advertisement. How about that? Praise God. There's room for dogs in this kingdom. There's room for dogs in this kingdom. You don't know much about the scriptures. Gentiles was considered as dogs, baby. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you what, this kingdom's big enough. It's got room for dogs. All shapes and types and forms. He's got room. Amen. That's what mansion actually means. If you go what he talks about, whenever he departs, you believe in God. You also believe in me. Amen. I'm going to prepare a place. And I'm going to prepare a place. Guess what? I'm coming back. There's room in this kingdom. Amen. For all the dogs. Praise God. I'm glad to be one of them. Amen, because all a dog needs sometimes is crumb that falls on the master's table. Man, they give me that crumb. Amen, others may not like it, may walk away from it. I've heard people talking about those that sometimes, and, and, and let's pray for them. I, you know, God, thank God I've never had to be there, but maybe stand on the side of the road with that sign, you know, uh, needing some help. And I've heard some talk about they hand them change, and they just kind of just throwed it on the ground. They wasn't too hungry. <laughs> Amen. Now, if you're really hungry and you're in need, man, you'll pick up the pennies on the side of the road. I pick up pennies. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you, you, if you be mindful of the small things and, 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 and recognize and give God glory for the small things, guess what? He can trust you with the big things. But if you don't appreciate the small things, honey, guess what? God can never trust you with the big stuff. Amen. Thank God this morning. We joined with Billy Jack this morning thanking God. We've been with, been with him this week. I don't know if you, how many of you know it or even seen the pictures in an accident this week. A young lady pulled out in front of him. And man, I mean, he, he nailed her. And, uh, but God was with him. Didn't get hurt. And she didn't get hurt. And flipped that SUV over. And if you'd have looked at the scene, you'd have thought well, somebody got hurt. But thank God they didn't. Amen. I'm telling you. How often we brush that. We've talked about it in the last week or two. Brother Pierce and I, please continue to pray for Brother Pierce and, and Toby and that family. Uh, they have done well, uh, but uh, they just need some time. He texted me this morning. I expected that, to be honest with you. And I told him that. I expected it. Man, it's just hard to get back out and, you know, and uh, face people. And they want to ask you, and then you've got to respond. And sometimes that response is, there's the, there's the struggle. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes if you could just show up and then just disappear for a little while until the things heal up, mend up in a little time. Amen. But and you know, you've been there. Some of you have been there, so you know. But let's continue to pray for them, to lift them up before God. God would keep them. Amen. And I'm telling you, 
I told him yesterday at the funeral and uh, even at the gravesite, Brother Clark kept us with that funeral and he even made mention of it, the, the gravesite itself. I've never seen so many people go to a graveside service. Uh, I'm telling you, there was none under probably, and I just say in vehicles alone, probably anywhere from 65 or 70. They pulled them in and kept parking them, kept parking them, kept parking them, lined up. And even when we left there, man, we pulled, they was, he was young, young, of course, and I, he was 18, and his, probably his whole senior class just about showed up, and that place was full. And pray, let's pray that something was said, something that, that will lodge in their hearts and in their minds, their spirit, that look at life at different. Life is a vapor, and uh, we never know what tomorrow holds. But you know what? We can make preparation. God's with us. God's here to help us, amen, to deal with life and the outcomes of it. And, and basically, that's what we preached on, amen. And um, I believe God really helped us. I just hope, hope, hope that they'll take some, maybe a golden nugget here and there, amen, in, in that time in their lives and, and would help them along the way. All right, our lesson this morning is about the church in action. How many likes action? <laughs> well, praise God. Well, uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't believe in Hollywood a lot, but Hollywood's found out to sell movies and our big ticket sales, you've got to have a lot of a lot of shooting and killing and beating up and, you know. But watch this. The place where the action is is not near as many characters as the ones that are sitting in the seats. That's wanting to be entertained. That's wanting to be the spectator. That's true in a lot of the activities. Well, I didn't mean to put a damper on this. Because that's not us. We, the church, I, I'm glad. I want to be a part of a church that's, that's got some action to it. You know, the Bible said God's not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. I don't want to come to church and, and, and be dead. And I sure don't want to leave dead. In fact, the scriptures taught us that when we come to the house of God, we ought to leave different than what we came. They actually physically practiced that in the Old Testament. They come in one door, amen, they went out the other. And so how much more should you and I, amen, as we come in in the spiritual realm but leave even in a greater in a greater countenance or a move of God in the spiritual realm as we've been in the house of God. It's because of whose presence that we have been in. It's because of who has prepared the table for us today. Even in the presence of our enemy, amen. But you know what? Even in the presence of our enemy, you don't let the enemy intimidate you about what's being prepared for you. You just looked that enemy in the face and his brother Ford done said, the cross gives me the right to come and dine. The cross gives me the right to come and feast. The cross gives me the right, amen, to worship him. The cross gives me a right to magnify his name. I'm not perfect within myself. I got one that's perfect that's within me. And I'm striving, amen, to reach that point. And I may fail along the way, but the cross and the blood of Christ always gives me the right to come and dine at the master's table. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, God's working for us. He's not against us. God's never against his people, the apple of his eye, and those that have a love and a passion for him. Now, it's different if you're against him, or if you reject him, or if you deny him. It's just as much if God's for you, who can be against you? Amen. But if God's against you, who's going to help you? 
Amen. Well, there's a lot to that. We won't go into all that. I got to, there's, there's enough right here that we're going to try to cover and address here this morning to help us along the way. The church in action. Let me thank you. Uh, the church yesterday, uh, the food that was fixed, the preparation, those of you that were able to go, those that went Friday night and Saturday. I promise you it was a blessing to Brother Pierce and his family, but especially to Brother Pierce for you to come and take out that time to spend with them. Amen. I can't tell you how many of them had made the statements about just, uh, you know, it's none of us has key words. Come on, Jesus Christ, grace of God, time. Outside of that, you know, it's your appearance. It's you showing up. You don't have to have magical words. You don't have to do nothing. No, it's just sometimes just being there. And tell them I love you. I'm praying for you. We're with you. If I can help you anyway, just let me know. And, and we mean that, you know. And they, they know that. And, uh, but anyway, but, but thank you. But this is a church in action. Amen. It wasn't in our community. Uh, the little Baptist church had opened their doors up. Amen. And I didn't realize until I got there. And then I said, man, I should have known this was the one. But it's right next. I'm talking about it's within a half mile of where Brother Pierce lives. And the reason they had chosen that particular church is one of the larger buildings. Amen. To, and thank God it was because they still had to put chairs out and things of this nature. And, but not only that, they could go to this church and, and to the cemetery without going through where where uh, Matthew had wrecked. And, and they're not going that way. They got another way. They go around to 98. and So they, they, don't, they don't go there. And they won't for a while. And maybe not ever. I don't know. I, I, I understand that. And uh, so uh, some of you ask. And uh, uh, I, I finally looked again yesterday. And it, were you, were you, if you left the church and pulled right back out. And you've seen how close it was when you made a left turn. That first bottom you went through. That's the bottom he wrecked in. That's just how close he was at home. Just that close. Amen. Less than a quarter of a mile. But things happen. And so, spiritually speaking, can I jump on that a little bit? I mean, it's just the preacher in me, if you don't mind. <laughs> Amen. Spiritually speaking, you know, I, I don't want to be just at the threshold. I don't want to be just so close. Because, hey, the Bible talks about it. That's what sin is all about. It talks about the archer. Amen. And the shooting of the archer. And, and watch this, you know. We, I, I mean, he's ever heard the statement, you know, it only counts. You know, closeness only counts in what? Horseshoes and hand grenades. Outside of that, you got to get the mark, man. Hallelujah. You can't, you, can't, you can't shoot all around it. It don't matter how many times you shoot around it. You've got you to hit the bullseye. And, and so that's what that Greek word. And we'll talk about it again in just a minute. Amen. But that's missing. I don't want to miss the mark. I don't want, you know, whatever it might be in me. Or what I've heard. Amen. I, the love for God and the things of God. It's one thing I pray for these young boys and young ladies that come up here. God put a love in them for God. You and for the things of God. Amen. Because what's this? Because the Bible has taught us you can't have two lives. You can't love the world, the things of the Lord, and we're God. So you got to have a love for God and the things of God. Amen. To be that vessel. It's same like the same way in, in, when marriage union comes together. You have to forsake all others. We used to hear that all the time. It's been a long time, though. We kind of got away from that old school. Amen. You'd hear these questions like this. Does anybody here have any reason why these two shouldn't be joined together? You don't hear that ask anymore either. I guess you're afraid in this day of time somebody jump up and say something or do something or shoot somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And, you know, there may be a little truth to that. 
Amen. But, but, but the same way here, we've got to forsake all others. Why? You, what God's joined together. We come as one. And so, so it's like an, even to our relationship with God. Amen. We were his bride. We were trothed. Amen. And he's going to prepare a place for us. We're going to call it up with him. So, but let's get back. The church, the church in action. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. It's plural. Baptizing them in the name singular. I, I done a little research on that. So pull up one of the commentaries. And, and they addressed all this. And they got down to this part right here. And they put this part. They put of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. But they didn't put name in front of it. They left that name out. Well, it can't mean the same now. The power's in the name. Not in the titles. <laughs> Mr. Biden, amen, is our president. They pass any laws, as legislation pass them. He still, he don't sign it president. It will not go in effect. That's his title that gives him the authority to sign his name that will cause, amen, that law to go into effect. And so the only way for this to go into effect, you've got to use the name. That's the reason when you go into the book of Acts and the actions of the church, the only way you ever see them baptized by the apostles and disciples of Jesus Christ, and not only the apostles, but watch this, the apostles and disciples of Jesus Christ, they baptize them in the name. Because the power, the Bible himself, all power, watch this, well, let it answer itself, watch this. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Teaching them to observe. Well, that leaped out to me this morning. To observe all things. Gotta be, you gotta be vigilant. You gotta observe. You gotta take note. You gotta pay attention. You gotta set up. You gotta observe all. Observe all things whatsoever I have. Commanded. You know, commandment is not an option. It can be, but anything outside of the commandments in error. It doesn't matter. What's this? We're going right back to that again. And it doesn't matter how much. Can I say this without being offensive? I sure hope so. That's the reason the practice of trying to baptize any other way is in error. According to Scripture, I, 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 according to Scripture, that's not me saying this. Let's get back to the power of the Scripture. Okay, because there's, there's the answer. That's what you and I are going to be judged by. That's why if we believe that this is the Word of God, that this is God's Word unto man, that He moved upon man, He inspired them, amen, to write this, to give it. And thank God. How many is thankful for the Word of God today? I mean, even the literal word that we can hold and read and study and cherish and, and wrap up in our arms. And, 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 and I couldn't tell you, Brother, Brother Pierce, I, uh, I even used it the latter part of the, the service at the graveside yesterday morning of Psalms. Psalms. Amen. There's so much that's in that. I told him, man, I'd love to be able to quote all 150 of them. 
There is so much in that book of Psalms from prophecy, amen, to, to encouragements and upbuilding. And, and Sister Ford, I sure don't want to say this and upset you, but, but Brother Ford told me, even, even there, he said, he said, it's, he said, on the way, and said, after with Erica, said, that's Psalms. Said, man, we just read it and we read it and read it. He said, and so much come out of it, so much come out to help them and to encourage them in that moment and season of their life. The book of Psalms. So please, please, don't. It, it's, it's not just something to put, you know, on our phones or, or put on our coffee tables. No, if it's going to be effective, you've got to put it in your heart. You've got to let it become activated into your life. And as it becomes activated in your life, guess what? That creates the action in the church. <laughs> so let's, let's go back to this. And so... Teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, this, this is the commission. This is what Jesus gave unto his disciples as he's fixing to depart. He's fixing, amen, to leave. Okay. So, uh, uh, as we watch some of this and... and um, Lord knows we can't cover all the scriptures that they, they've tried to cover here. We're going to do our best. But they focus mostly upon Luke, the ninth chapter. And then we're going to make our way back to this. And we're going to really look at the last the, the statements that Matthew, Mark, and Luke has made about this last, the commission itself and the instructions of it. And, and the church, an action, a church, it's, it's in action. Amen. I mean, you know what? We're to be soul winners. Light barriers. And when I say soul winners, that, not, that doesn't mean just try to do this single-handedly. Some water, some plant. And God gives the increase. So that's really so important every day as we sow. It's what we let flow out of us. Out of our belly shall flow river. Know we not that ye are a, with a vessel. Amen. We're earthen vessel, but we have a heavenly treasure. And Acts 1 and 8 talks about what is that heavenly treasure. What is the witnessing power of, of Christians? Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. That's what witnesses. That's what flows out of us. That's what under that anointing. And you don't have to wait until you're in pulpit. You don't have to wait until you're in special services. You're I had to be elevated up to some position before that. No, no. Amen. It don't matter if you're riding down the road. It don't matter if you're in the marketplace. It don't matter if you're in Walmart. It don't matter if you're sitting at your kitchen table. Amen. The same anointing, the same flowing in the power and the love of God. Amen. Because you can't deny it. Amen. It's alive and well. Now it's up to us. It's up to us. Amen. As we sung that song this morning. Amen. As we true, true God. We have served you with truth. Amen. We have presented ourselves. Amen. You know, the Bible has taught us and it leaped out to me and just last week or two, amen, about the commandments of God and how to, to love him with all of a heart. And one of the writers says, with all of your energy, amen, with all of your heart, with all of your might to love God. That's the reason we're taught about laying aside weights, amen, the sins that were so easily beset us because we're living in a world, amen, and Jesus taught us, amen, not to let things come way in end, not to let things, amen, distract us. And we're living in a world that can be easily distracted. We're battling against this the spirit of entertainment in this world today. And, and, and no doubt, if we'd be honest, how many of us will struggle this morning really to stay focused, connected? As we sing the song sometimes, you know, uh, what is it, seven, nine hundred things on my mind, pulling and drawing, and, and, and not necessarily simple stuff, just life and, and business and responsibilities and and, and, but we're easily 
distracted sounds and movements and things of this nature. You'd be surprised how many, how many accidents are caused because somebody was just distracted by something. Their eyesight in that moment. It may have been from just adjusting the, the radios or doing something. We see it all the time. But anyway, so as we, we watch this unfold, and we're just going to start watching the beginning of this. And I'm going to go through the scriptures a little bit because I want us to watch what in the Luke, the ninth chapter, as, as these disciples are walking with Jesus Christ and he's instructing them, he's giving them guidance. And, and, and even they find themselves at times distracted, not focused on the main thing and, and not quite grasping and comprehending what's being said and what's being delivered to them and, and that shows up a little later on in their lives even after the death of Jesus Christ and, and, the, the, and you know, the disappearance of the grave and out of the grave even the disciples questioned who took the body okay so, so it's a lot to it so we're going to watch this and it unfolds Luke we're going to start about the 18th verse Luke 9 and 18 and so the question really is a man whom to whom whom say the people that I am? As he was passing, came to pass along praying his disciples with him. He asked them saying, whom say the people that I am? Who are they telling you? Because no doubt there was conversations and things that his disciples would hear that wasn't uh, that Jesus Christ couldn't hear it or didn't know it because God manifested in the flesh. He knew all things. He knew what was reason in the hearts and there, as you're going to show in just a few minutes. But yet he's questioning them. What is everybody else saying about me? What's everybody else's opinions and ideas of who I am and what do I mean to them and, and things of this nature. And so they responded to him and answered him and saying, some says that I are John the Baptist, but some say. So even they weren't real sure. They were just assuming some saying this, some saying that. So some was even saying Elias or others saying that one of the old prophets is risen, amen, from the dead. So again, so we see here that uh, they weren't sure, but they was looking. It was almost like they just should, would not accept the ideal that Jesus Christ was the Messiah even though he was accomplishing and fulfilling and he talks about that amen accomplish fulfilling all of the prophecies all the things that had been written about him amen of the 400 years amen uh, 4,000 years that had been written about him we're seeing here that he accomplished and achieved that and, and then these things were happening and unfolding but even the Sadducees and the Pharisees the religious set amen of his day and time that was so against him even though they weren't agreeing together amen but when it come to Jesus Christ they would pull their forces together and try to ensnare or try to trap him by words by words amen a lot of people you know say well it really don't matter a few words and we, we got that statement about words don't hurt you and sticks and things like that but what we know that's different the power of the word we, we learn that from the very beginning of God himself God said in fact, in the first chapter of Genesis, you see at least about nine of these that God said in the creation and the power of that creation. And then the psalmist comes along. We, we believe that the world of the, the worlds were framed or were spoke by the spoke word of God, the power of this God, the spoken word. And so it brings us right back into the importance of the word of God. In fact, God was so confident in his words as he moved upon holy men. He moved upon them. To, he wrote it down. I'm glad he did. How about you? Man, have you ever been to talking to somebody and they're saying they're going to do this and do that and you tell them, well, do you mind putting that in paper? You know, today we don't do that. We say, can I record that? Hold on just a second. Let me, I, I need to record what you just said. <laughs> amen. Because we want to, we want to, you know. Uh, but I do remember a time, amen, and we read of a time where just the handshake. A man's word was who he was. 
And he would go to whatever extremes to keep his word. I wonder who put that in us. I wonder where we got that. Now watch this. The spirits are bombarding our world. The spirit of iniquity begins to cause us to become calloused. It causes us to begin to, in fact, Robert talks about when judgment doesn't come quickly, we feel like, well, it must have been all right. There's nothing wrong with this. And conscience become calloused. We become immune. Things don't shame or move us as they once did because of the spirit of iniquity that's working upon our nation. And here's, here's the real deal. We're going to see this as we move on in the second part of this lesson today. And the issue is about a little three-letter word called sin. Sin. Okay? So as we move from this and they begin to question who he is, the real question is, drop down to the 20th verse, and there you're going to see And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Who is the Lord to us, the church, the believers? That's the real question. That's that's, that's where the real answer, that's, that's what's most important. Amen. That's when Peter answering said, Christ of God. And straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man. Don't tell them yet. That boy, that's, that's really against what we're trying to promote here this morning. Isn't it? But at this point in time, the time wasn't right. The season wasn't right. In fact, if you read of the life of Jesus Christ, there was times when they literally tried to enthrone him to become king. Physically take him and force him. Because of the miracles and the wonders and the signs and the multitudes that were following him. But that wasn't the kingship that Jesus Christ was trying to build. That wasn't the kingdom that Jesus Christ. He didn't come to build a kingdom just for the Israelites. He didn't come to set up and restore back the kingdom just to the Israelites or to the Jews or to the Hebrews. He was coming to set up a kingdom for whosoever will. And it was going to be a spiritual kingdom. That's the reason, amen, he didn't fight in this battle as when Peter wanted to with the sword. He said, oh, if I wanted to, I could call 12 legions of angels and it would just be a slaughter. I mean, the Roman soldiers and nobody wouldn't be able to put me on that cross. There is not enough nations, enough military backing, amen, to put me on that cross. I can call one angel. The Old Testament told us one angel could take care of about 165,000. So we understand the kingdom that he wants to set up. It's a spiritual kingdom. That even you and I, as we, as disciples, it's a spiritual kingdom that we're seeking and following after. And so as he moves from that, the importance, amen, of who he is and the time of this to happen. So he dropped down to the 23rd verse. And he said to them all, now here's some of the price. This is what it's going to take. 
This is what's going to have to be. And you probably don't hear as much preached about this probably as we ought to. But he says, he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. You've got to lay your own life down. Your own ideas, opinions, visions, dreams. And take up his cross. How often? It's a daily cross. It's not a Sunday cross. It's not just doing a good job here and there occasionally cross. It's not just every once in a while you get a little answered prayer. And man, I'm, me and God, we got it. No, there is a daily cross that you and I have to bear. There is a responsibility and an accountability as we become disciples of Jesus Christ. He says, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for what? For my sake. For my sake, the purpose or the reason for losing is the same. It shall save it for his sake. Man, what? For what will a man advantage if he gains the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Notice the two terms. What advantage if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or if, if, if he arrives to the place and God has to cast him away. Paul helps us with that a little bit. He talks about after preaching to others that himself, because of error, that he will become a castaway. Simply means to become disqualified. There's nothing more embarrassing, more you know, Jesus gave us another parable. He talks about that coming to a wedding and not you take yourself. Because hey, we're living in a world, especially in America. Man, I hope I don't. I'm just trying to. You know, there's nothing wrong with having confidence, but not in self. Paul said, I have no confidence in my flesh. My confidence is in what? In Jesus Christ. My confidence is in the preaching of the power of the cross. It's not in my self-righteousness. And the righteousness he's talking about here that came by the law. Okay? There is a difference. Amen. Our righteousness is filthy rags. But the righteousness, he's talking about God's righteousness. Righteous. Ephesians 6 chapter talks about that. We put it on. That that's what protects us and, and helps us. That's what flows out of us. And so as we pursue and reach that, that's the reason when he talks about that castaway and becoming disqualified. It's like somebody that may have won a crown. But then they go into and they begin to examine and say, well, you, you're disqualified because you, you've done things that was beyond the law. That was beyond the requirements. You, you use the wrong type of bat. You use the wrong type of ball. You use the wrong type of, of, of this or that. Uh, as far as, you know, well, let's just go back a few years. Uh, Mr. Trump said they didn't count the votes right. So he wanted that to be disqualified. Well, that didn't go over too good, but it's still the truth. I mean, that's, that's, what, was a, that's what he's trying to pursue. This guy, trying to become disqualified because the judgment wasn't right and things of this nature. But here's the thing. When you stand before the throne room of God, the judge of all judges is going to be there that knows all things. that can recall everything. That's God that fills all the space and time and all the galaxies. He's got all the yesterdays filled up, today's filled up, and all your tomorrows. He's already got it all so he can recall and rebring back. So, so nobody's going to pull nothing over on God. No, no, that's not going to happen, amen, because even the scripture says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And, and so when it comes to this Lord Jesus Christ, and, and so, so let's understand some of that. So as we, we move on from that, 
He goes on and talks about the cross daily. Then you start at the 28th verse. We'll just start on down to the 28th verse. And it came to pass about eight days after saying that, he took Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And in this mountain experience, amen, a transfiguration begins to take place in Jesus' life. Man, he's there and they're in prayer. But I want you to notice some things that happened. Amen. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. And his raiment was white and glistering. But, and behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias, the two, a man that we know that Moses just, God took him. And they you don't know really, but God took him in, in Ararat, and we don't know, a man. And then Elisha that went up in the chariot of fire, a man. And they went out to try to find him. And Elisha tried to tell him, you're wasting your time. You're not going to find him. But anyway, they went and come back and couldn't find him. So, so we understand this is a tool that's here with Jesus Christ and this transfiguration. And this is beginning to happen and take place and, and unfold. Now, to pay close attention to some of this conversation. Who appeared in glory and spake of his, talking about Jesus, watch this, Jesus' decease. His decease. What's fixing to unfold just a little while down the road. How that Jesus is going to experience something that Moses and Elijah didn't. He's fixing to suffer a death like no other man. He's fixing to pay a price that only he, as the Lamb of God, could pay. Because the debt of sin is death. The wages is how the Bible puts it. The wages of sin is death. What happened in the garden was death. It was a spiritual death. Adam and Eve... Never enjoyed, as far as we know, to be in the presence of God ever again. After their disobedience and being beguiled in the garden. And Adam choosing, choosing now to sin. To take that fruit and take on sin. That's handed down to man by this one man. Romans 5, when we get there, we'll talk about that a little bit. This falling nature, man. It's important to understand that. Because until you understand that, you really won't ever get a real understanding of the importance of being born again into this kingdom. And how important it is for this old man to die. And to keep him under subjection. And under submission. Because sin. And watch this. Carnality alone is hostile against God. You can't please God with your flesh. You cannot with your own ability to reason. And to figure things out. Even the scriptures. Let her kill it but spirit Gives it light, give the revelation, to give the understanding, to give the insight of the true light. And as the Bible says often in the New Testament, the way, the way, there is a way. There is a way that seemeth, but then there's the way. So there, there's a lot to this, folks. When you really study the scriptures and you start digging in and allowing. Allowing. See, this is reading is so important. Now watch this. I believe this is a mistake we make sometimes. 
especially after experiencing God and the plan of salvation and the foundation that God's given us through the apostles, through Jesus Christ himself and through the apostles. That death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. That repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If we're not careful, amen, if we're not careful, that's where if, if, if we're not real careful, we'll say, man, we got it, we got it, we got it. But we want more than a foundation. Paul said, take heed how you build thereupon. And so, even after that, we still need to hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God and the call of God to find our place in the kingdom, to find our place in the body of Christ. Amen. To be the vessel that he's called and elected us to be, to be in the action of the church, to be able to operate, to be able to respond, to fulfill that. You know, what we got what we call first responders, but everybody can't be a first responder. If some of us showed up as first responders, the best we could do is dial 911 and maybe hopefully do it before we passed out. All the blood and guts and all, I mean, hey, can't handle this. Special people. Call them special, not in a bad way, good way. <laughs> to, to respond to these things and handle this and, and help in these situations. And so, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll just be content and satisfied and saying, well, I've got it. And just sit back and just, you know. But that's not the will of God. That's not a church. It's an action. A church that's an action is constantly going to be growing. I prove that in the book of Acts. I thought about it even this morning. You know what? We, we put a lot of focus and put a lot of responsibility on the five-fold ministry, don't we? I wonder what to done with that 3,000. Take 3,000 and, and divide it up into 12 of them. And then just a few days, it went from 3,000 to another 5,000. Didn't have the first church building. Not the first. They were still going the best they could. And they'd go into synagogues and they'd meet in houses and from house to house. Fellowship, breaking of bread. And thank God for conveniences. Thank God for, we thank God for this beautiful place and the place that we can gather. But God's blessings, us don't let them become a curse that this is the only place that we want to be religious. That this is the only place we want to be spiritual. Oh, come on, help me. <laughs> this is the only place I can do my singing and my preaching and my testifying and my... Oh, no, no, no. No, no, we, we got something. It can't be hid if it's flowing. Anybody ever heard the statement they tell these guys, especially when they buy certain things and do certain things, and they'll say, man, you can't hide money. I had, I've heard some of them respond back, that ain't good, that ain't money, buddy, that's just good credit. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you got to have money to have good credit, because if, you know, if you don't have no money, you sure ain't going to keep credit long. But anyway, it all works hand in hand. That's the same way, that's the same way with the Holy Ghost. That's the same way with living for God. It just shows up. You don't have to, I mean, people pick it up pretty quick. And, hey, hey, you're different. You, 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 you know. 
And, and that should be more than just our outer appearance. Our appearance is not going to get the job done that we need done today in this spiritual warfare that we're in. In a, in a generation and a society that the devil's used elements called drugs and alcohol and has totally shipwrecked home after home and introduced them into a spiritual realm and a power that's very demonical. Well, I'm going to say this. And I'm stepping out just on my own. This is just me, okay? If we're not careful, we're going to try to use the same type of antidote that we do when we get a snake bite. What do they use to help when you get a snake bite? Venom. And them shots cost about $20,000 or so. So they try to use the same elements to... Oh, come on, I'm preaching to us. I'm preaching to our world. Man, man's religion will never deliver or set them free or give them the liberty they need. It's only something, amen, that can enter counter and deliver and set free and pull out. The writer gave us an example of a fireman. To really be saved or deliver somebody, somebody is in a burning building, you got to go in there and get them out of the building. You can't leave them in the building. You got to get them out of the world. You got to get them out of darkness. You got to get them out of the sinning business. But I'm going to tell you something today. Our biggest job is, amen, that true conviction, amen, can flow, amen, and it happens sometimes. And we, 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 we catch the blunt of that. But God help us in our response to that. Amen. Because you got to stand against sin. You don't have to be ugly about it. You don't need to be rude about it. You don't need to be a know-it-all about it. Hmm. With kindness and gentle and the true love. Watch this. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He come to save it. He didn't send the church to condemn it either. He sent the church to give them an avenue of being delivered, brought out. That's the action of the church. It's loving them that's unlovable. It's loving them that society says, let's do away with them. Let's let's shove them up into the tombs and let's try to bind them up and let's try to just lock them up. We, we can't keep up enough jail houses and, and, and mental institutions this day and time to handle it. But the right trip at the house of God or the visitation with one of us is what makes the difference. That's true deliverance. Just putting handcuffs and throwing him in a jail house is nothing. But oh, if we can bring them to Jesus. And experience his love and his power and his compassion because he loves us. Now, I can't force them. You can't make them. But you just got to keep on keeping on. Keep living this. We learn it Wednesday night. Paul told Timothy, continue in the doctrines. Why? To save yourself and them that will hear you. I can't make folks hear it. You can't, fake, you can't force people to love it and obey it. But you can be an example. And watch this. Here's the true example. As God blesses us and keeps moving and keeps showing up. 
They're going to begin to take notes. Said, I can tell you one thing. The favor of God's with them. The goodness of God's with them. You can say what you want to about them. But I'm telling you, God's been good to them. You can't deny that. Okay? So, let's move on. I know I'm going to burn my time up here if I'm not careful. And so, as he moves on again, and we picked up in the 28th act, and we're talking about this experience. Uh, notice something here. Uh, Peter declared to speak of the cease about his death. Uh, amen. How he's going to die. Both, uh, I believe both, amen, in this uh, cease, amen, was also could be twofold. Also, his ascending up. And as his departure, amen, they, you know, the other two men chaired a fire. Elisha saw that and he went and Moses, we didn't get to see him, amen. We just know that he was, he was, God took him. We know that. And, and Iraq, we buried him, what he'd done, we know. But, and then, but here, Jesus, actually, they're going to watch him. Those disciples are watch him ascend up. I mean, it's the wonder, the amazement of it. It's got him so, so spellbound that the angels, two men that's in white, that we're sure there's angels there. Spoke. So why are you standing there gazing up in here? You got to go do what he says. You got to go to rooms. You got to tear him waiting in the upper room. There's a promise coming from the Father. In fact, it's going to come. He didn't tell them this, but we know now. <laughs> we know now that by then seven or ten days, a promise is going to show up. It's going to be 50, which is Pentecost, which is the day of Pentecost. It all ties right back into the feast and the feast of Pentecost. All this is happening. All this, why? Because God, God, amen, is, is in operation this and bringing this back to who? To them that has an ear to hear and a heart to respond and pray. Now watch as, as I made those statements. Watch. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. Now this is important. Man, this is a powerful thing going on. Man, what's unfolding right before them? Jesus Christ. And, and I'm not sure, you know, they're heavy with sleep, so they're going in and out. I'm not sure if they even saw huh. Elisha and them when they first showed up. And I, I, I believe they didn't hear all the conversation that was that went on here. Have you ever been drowsy and you ever been sleepy and you ever been, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden you hear two or three things, you wake up and say, what did he say? What, what was all that? What, how'd that come up? You know, you missed it because you was, you was dozing off and, been too busy and you, you, you didn't get enough Maxwell this morning. And <laughs> I'm just going on. Hallelujah. Praise God. We know how it is. We know where they're at. Right? Amen. So when they were awake, they saw his glory. They're awake. So they lost. They missed. A lot of the praying. Notice Jesus didn't. There was some praying before ever that transfiguration took place. If you want to be changed... Practice praying on a daily basis. If you want to be transformed, if you want to overcome some things, if you want to have some great experiences with God, get in a prayer closet. And it's got to be more than your five minutes or 15 minute prayer meetings. Just got to put some time. So we really don't know how long Jesus, before this transfiguration we do know in other places that Jesus would pray all night. Scripture told us that. Okay? So even here now. Heavy was asleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory, and two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from Kim, the two men, I believe, that was departing from Jesus. Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles for thee, one for Moses and one for Elias, and not knowing what he said, but you're not really understanding not what's being said here. 
because he was already sleepy and already just woke back up and he missed a lot of the conversation here and about Jesus Christ and the cease of Jesus Christ and how he's going to die. You know, that's like somebody walking in the middle of a conversation to make a statement and everybody just kind of looks at him and said, uh, you only got a part of this conversation, no doubt. <laughs> Amen, you're way off. But, and so, same way here. So that's the reason it's important when, when the things are going and, and, and the house of God, places of that nature, uh, to, to sit up and pay, take note and pay attention to what's going on and what's un- happening. And what's, you know. So now let's go down to about the 43rd verse. And so when you go there, you're going to see they were all amazed at all the mighty power of God. And while they wondered everyone at all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, let these sayings seek down into your ears. It's one thing hearing it. It's quite another to let truth and words of truth sink in. Again, we, we, we get the parable of the sower. And he sows on the four different types of soil. But only one produces and brings back. One, 25%. I'll do good today get 25% here to really hear what's being said here today. Don't judge me for that. I'm just telling you the Bible talks about it. You know, we hear people, boy, that's a great sermon. Well, what did he preach? Well, he's on the platform for sure. I know that much. <laughs> you know, but, but we, we, we work off a lot more off of emotions and feelings. And when the Holy Ghost moves in, it really doesn't matter what was preached. It was what we felt. And a lot of times it's what we're feeling is when we can get... Awake again, and we can get back alert, and we can start getting back focused. We really don't know what all happened to cause that to happen. We just know now he's in the house. And if we're not careful, that's some of the problem of our day. People are not willing to pay the price before that appearance. They're going to sit back and fold their arms and wait on everybody else to create that atmosphere. The biggest problem with that is, though, there's going to come a day whenever you're going to need that same divine move and nobody else is going to be around to help you and you're going to have to do it by yourself and you ain't going to have a clue how to do it. But if you'll make the investments, well, I'm sorry, I'm just doing a little pastoring right now, okay? But if you're willing to make some investments when you're here and whenever those things happen and you sit back and you say, wait a minute, Hey, this happened, but I don't know how it happened. And next time I'm going to be involved. Next time I'm going to bring some wood to the fire. Next time I'm going to be one of them up there laying hands on. Next time I'm going to be one of them calling on Jesus. I'm going to get involved in this because I want to be a part of this thing. That's a church that's in action. A church that's in action is whenever they take actions. They don't just sit back and wait on somebody else. And they don't just murmur and complain about everybody else and how they're doing it. But whenever I've never done anything, I have no rights whatsoever to say nothing about anybody. How they preach, where they preach from, and sing, or anything else, and the song they're singing. Ooh, I'm covering a lot quick, ain't I? Hallelujah. But it's the truth. It's the truth. A church in action. Man, we, we're going to get in here. We're going to, man, I'm going to love God. I'm going to worship God. And we're going we're to see a move of God, a move of the Holy Ghost. Because that's why we're here. That's, that's what it's all about. Coming because in that atmosphere, in that presence of God, and get my thoughts back and get my head back on. You know, if you've been out, been out in the highways and the byways, you're going to have some run-ins out there. 
Have you ever been hit in the head? <laughs> Takes you a minute. So sometimes when we come in, sometimes we ought to come in here like that. You know. I know we rather brag and brag on, no, I got the devil under my feet. Well, then we come in here with a lamp. What you laughing about? <laughs> You've been where I've been this week. You've been fighting the devils I've been fighting this week. Because if you get in enough fights, there's going to be some scars. If you get enough scuffles, amen, it's going to show up. Amen. You, you can tell them guys that love to get in them cages and lust and bare knuckles and fists. Marks start showing up. Ears start looking as collied ears is what they call them. Noses start looking a little out of shape. And but again, let's go back. Where's most of the people at? Where's the majority of the people at? But where's the actions at? What drove them? Oh, God, we got to make up in our minds if we're just going to be spectators and sit in the bleachers or are we going to be a church that's in a lost world that's full of darkness and hopelessness. But we got the answer because we know who Jesus Christ is. We've been illuminated. We've been, we've been introduced to the light. There's a light to all men, not some, but to all men, regardless of who they are and where they come from. He's a light that shines through us. Now, our biggest responsibility is keeping the globe Keeping the vessel where the light can flow. Where the light can penetrate. That's not all. We got to carry the light. And we carry it to dark places. And the darkness comprehends it not. I reading it's so important to keep your lamps. And you may, you're nothing but a candle. But the candle can bring light to all that's in the house or in the room. That's how awesome this Jesus Christ is. As he flows through us. As we become that church that's full of action. So when you go to the next part of this lesson and... and I want to cover a couple more places before I get you. I know I'm drawing out of time, but I, I still want to do that. So we're still on this process. It's going in Luke 9. And so when you look at 9 and 49, he says, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbid him. I said, just who do you think you are? Now, to start with, really, I mean, if you think about this. Now, this is the Sons of Thunder, okay? They was named Sons of Thunder for a reason, all right? <laughs> You know, I mean, Peter gets a lot of the blame. But there's a couple of these other guys that's hanging around that's being disciples of Jesus Christ. That we, get, we get little nuggets about them. We get a little better idea about them. And so here, James and John. And notice James first here and John. And they see this guy, a man, and he's casting out devils in the name of Jesus. And they forbid him. They said, man, you're not with us. You're not, you're not in our little clique. You're not my favorite preacher. You're not my favorite singer. You know, you know, kin to me. I'm talking about physical here now. <laughs> I feel that stump again. That's all right. <laughs> we got the tree cut down. We're going to get the stump up one day. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But when it's all says and done when it comes to the kingdom of God, and ever God sees fit to sin, it doesn't matter if we like him or not. It don't matter our opinions and ideas about him. If God gets ready to use a nobody, and most of the time that's who he has to use, because it takes nobodies. That's under the understanding I am a nobody. I'm just serving somebody. And in serving him, he's the one that makes us somebody. But it's really not about my body. It's about the body of Christ. And it's about the body of Jesus Christ. And it's about the kingdom of God. I'm going to decease. I'm going to leave. I'm going to be gone. But there's one that's here that's never going to leave. There's one here that's going to pull us out of the grave. There's one that's here, amen, that's going to resurrect us. There's one here that's living word. That's one cure. Amen. That knows every prayer. No ins and outs. Hello. He's the one that can take nobodies and those that has no talents and no abilities and has nobody in the church but yet he can pull them in and fill them up and use them. Hey that's what this really thing is. That's, that's what this is really all about. Amen. We're the action church. We don't pick and choose honey. We just sow the seed. And then it's up to the soil and up to the individuals whether or not they're going to accept the seed or not. And if they'll accept the seed and let the seed work. Call the word of God. That word of God will bring them in. Can come to him unless his spirit draws, but you can't separate the spirit and the word. They work hand in hand, they're together, they're all in one. So, as you sow the seed, which is the word of God, it creates and, and helps uh, the, the spirit begin to be activated. Because as they, they begin to allow that seed, notice what he said, sink in, let it sink into your most inward parts, into your reasoning place where you sit and ponder and meditate and try to figure things out let it penetrate in you can't just let it just go hey, some seed I'm telling you if you only plant them just, just, just cover them just barely cover them <laughs> they'll sprout up quickly but they won't have no root system they won't have no depthness and just a few little uh-ohs and a few things like you didn't really expect it to be. You'll, you'll dry up and you'll blow away and pulled up and gone. He talks about those types of seeds. I hate to get on all that because I don't have enough time. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. If you know anything about the Bible and the seed and the soil, you know all this ties together. All of it comes together as you watch this unfold. And so when he moves from that from James and John and dealing with them, because he simply responded unto them and told them, when it's James and John, which was said as Lord, He comes on, he drops down, he says, uh, let's go to 54th verse. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them. Man, Jesus, you know, sometimes you say, boy, pastor, you got on me pretty rough. Sometimes us pastors look at other folks and say, man, you got to wait. But you know what? Jesus rebuked. He rebuked James and John here. He rebuked Peter. So there's times, there's times, man. And said, ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. You don't realize what spirit you have. Why? Because the Son of Man is not come to destroy man's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village, to another place. He's come to save. God so loved the world. He come to save the world. He come to deliver it. And this is, this is what drives us. This is what propels us. To want to reach out. To want to love people. And, and show them the love of God. To show them the love of the Father. And the power of it. 
that's the latter part of that 11th and 9th chapter because of time, because I'm, I'm running out of it quickly here. And so then the, the writer of the lesson actually carries us as, as he talks about all of this and, and was talking about the gospel and the preaching the gospel and carrying the gospel and saved by the gospel. He talks about the firefighter. And, and then he comes and we talk about Romans 5. 5, amen, it talks about sin, sin itself. And, and, and I done mention about the wages of sin is death. And, but, but, uh, to, but can I for just a moment, let's, let's talk about this for, for a minute. Wherefore, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death was passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All come short of the glory of God. This is what was lost in the garden. Some relates unto this as the federal heads. Talking about the first Adam, the second Adam. Talking about Adam and then Jesus Christ, the quickening spirit. And so as, as you look at these two federal heads and, and, and you and I, another place Paul writes and he talks about the earthly and then he talks about the heavenly. Sometime I'm going to preach or teach and talk about that. Amen. Images, images. Amen. We talk about individuals. Man, you're the spitting image of your dad. Or you may see somebody and you say, man, I ought to know them. And, and then after you get to talking to them, you knew their dad or you knew somebody. You say, I knew I should have known you and things of that. And they're quiet because of the likeness and, and how much truth that is that God wants us also to walk in the image of his heavenly kingdom and power. And so this is where you get into that area and where you begin to understand the sin itself and missing the mark. And that's where he talked about the archer. If you go back and look at it, the Hebrew word is archer. And that archer, amen, was missing the mark. Now notice something what he says about that in the lesson that's so important. And shooting the arrow, amen, in the bullseye. What's a bullseye for us? It's heaven. It's eternal life. It's hearing the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I mean, that's the bullseye. We can hear those words in that moment. That moment of, of the rapture. That moment of the, of the snatching and the taking away. We want to be a part of that first resurrection. Blessed of the first resurrection. That, that's the resurrection we want to be. Oh, it's going to be resurrected. But we want to be resurrected to life eternal. Not to damnation or to the second death. That's all in your book now. It's in the Bible. And so, But we want to pursue the first resurrection. We want eternal life and, and the words of eternal life. And that's the reason to, Paul taught us. He said, no one else can we to whom? To whom? Jesus Christ is the one that had eternal life. And through him, he's the door. He's the shepherd. I mean, it all ties together. I just don't have time to go through all that. And so here, when you start talking about shooting the bow and shooting the arrow, it doesn't matter if you miss the bullseye three inches or if you miss the whole target. The point that is being made in that, that Greek term, if you go back and read the beginning of the lesson, he talks about the Greek and the Greek language and why the New Testament was, had been written into the Greek language at that point in time in history. And now we see why this word, this Greek word is used. Amen. And, and related to in, in Romans 5 and 12 here. Of sin and, and the archer and missing of the mark. You know. Um, I often said this. You know, you got lines. You got ball courts. You got uh, laws and things. And there's got to be a line drawn. And uh, now watch this. Any, any game, anything I've ever known of or know anything about. If you're standing on. <laughs> that's the line. This is in the court. This is out of the court. 
I'm shooting three pointers. I'm making them. I'm still making them. But the scoreboard's not changing. Why? It's very dangerous even to get too close to this line. And there's way too many people that wants to get so close. But all it takes, and you're out. It doesn't count. Old Testament has taught us it's a lot easier to become unclean. Then we won't admit. That didn't change in the New Testament. Okay. Under grace and mercy. And thank God for it. But here's what's happened. Too many has took the grace of God. It's trampled it under their feet. Because they not only just want to stand on the line. They want to move. The line. To well, where they want to put it. It's called man's religion. I'll tell you something. I have no power within myself to put anybody in hell or to put anybody in heaven. What we have been given is the word of God. To preach it, teach it, and love others with it. And then we lay that body and it goes back to the dust. And the spirit goes to God. We're done. When it's all said and done. It's in God's hands. I can promise you a few things out of this book. Number one. No matter what. You're in the hands of the most merciful God there is. Number two. If anybody hasn't made it. Scriptures taught us that individual would be praying and begging for my brothers not to show up. So either way, their prayer should be that you would have an ear to hear truth and fall in love with truth and live for God all your days and make it. Don't let the enemy... Come with the voices like this one. If it was good enough for grandma, it was good enough. It's going to be good enough for me. If it wasn't according to this book, it wasn't good enough. And grandma, it could stand in front of you. she tell you to obey the book. Don't follow me. Okay? Well, I know that's some... But that's what's got to start happening, folks. We've got to start standing back up and saying, hey, the book's right. If I, if I have taught something from this bullpit that is a doctrine, and if it's not in this book, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay? Now, there may be some room for some, some areas. Okay? Take heed how you build there on. But when it comes to... I tell you what, Paul believed in this foundation so much. He wouldn't go where somebody else had done care at the foundation. Or to apostle, 
A true apostle carries, carries the doctrines to places it has not been. Now, we call them missionaries, but the Bible calls them apostles. Well, <laughs> I will leave that in alone, too. Praise God. So, when you look back, wherefore, by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Miss the mark. Only one that's ever walked upon this earth that didn't miss the mark. That the tempter, Satan himself, couldn't tempt or lure. Pharisees, Sadducees could not trip or snare or entrap him into sin. Even though when they would bring those who's caught in the very act of adultery and means and measures like this, they was never able, this man called Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, no guile was found in his mouth, but took the cross and paid the price and paid a debt that you and I couldn't pay. And that debt was death. And through that resurrection now, through the death, which is repentance. Repentance, amen, is coming with a godless sorrow. I'm not going to do anything now that I know, now that I got an understanding. Now that I got an insight. God, that you open and direct me and lead me. Amen. God, help me. Help me die out. Die out to you, God. Die out to your calling. And then the baptism, the water baptism in Jesus' name. You'll find no other way in your scripture. You'll find no other way that the word of God has laid it out for us to be baptized, but in that wonderful name. Fully submerging. It's a type of barrel. And then the newness of life. Coming up in that newness of creation. Amen. And the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful this morning for the Holy Ghost had a lead and guide and direct us. Not only just in salvation, though, it'll lead and guide us into all truth. It'll comfort us. Amen. Such as this family had this past week, they needed somebody to help comfort them. They needed somebody to come to their aid and help help shore them up and help them get through this. Not only this past week, but weeks to come and months to come. Amen. So this is the action of the church because we have experienced this. We know where they come from. You know, we never want to send a, a, a fragrance like, man, we're so holy and we're so, we're nothing, amen. There's no good thing in my flesh, amen. The only good thing there is is the Holy Ghost and the revelation and the mercy of God and the compassion of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're not better than anybody else that walks upon this earth. We're just being redeemed. We're just being atoned. We just, thank God, we got a revelation of His truth. And that's the power we want to walk in and try our best to show to others the love of God. This is the way. This is the way that will lead you to life eternal. This is the way to live upon this earth. I'm telling you, it's no better life to live than live for God. That's the reason Holy Ghost filled people. Lord, and I get tangled up in this world. Lord, and I get tangled up in the depression and things of this world. We've been delivered. We've been set free. And that's how God wants us to walk and talk and live. Oh, there's going to be trials, heartaches, and disappointments. But the scripture says, greater is he. It's in you than he that's in the world. And it doesn't matter. He that's in the world includes everybody. Doesn't matter how close related they are or how far off or total stranger. Includes them all. God bless you. I, I know my times. Right, God's so good to us. He is so good to us. And so when you really begin to look at Matthew 28... And 18 and 20 
Uh, you can stand. We, we fixing the, we fixing the clothes. We fixing the. When you look at Matthew twenty eight, and Jesus commission unto the eleven eleven disciples, Amen. Because Judas, as you know, has betrayed him. And hung himself. And he's out of the picture at this point in time. But the eleven disciples. Went away into Galilee. Into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him. They worshipped him. But notice the next three words. But some. Doubted. There's always going to be the doubters. There's always going to be those. that's going to mock it. Always has, always will be. Well, the Ford done mentioned already this morning about finding the straight gate. That gate straight there actually means a narrow, a narrow opening. A lot of times it's better related to as an illustration is having a narrow place that goes into a great body, a great body of water. But the, the gateway or the pathway into that body of water may be just enough for a small aluminum boat to press its way through. The Word of God's taught us since John the Baptist and the preaching of the gospel, the kingdom has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. This is more of a spiritual warfare than a physical one, okay? Uh, and don't don't miss what I'm trying to say here. Um, I, I believe there are, there are and should be certain uh, external expressions, but them alone is the point I'm trying to make. Will not get the job done. It's got to be from in here. It's it's got to come out of here. It's got to reach that point in place that you you're not worried about what everybody else is thinking about it. You could care less because this is between me and my creator. This is between me and God. And this means whether or not if my soul will live out in eternity or not. And my fellowship and my encounter with him. And that first encounter means a lot. That first encounter of of knowing him and crying out and lifting your voice uh, I told Tristan this morning, I said, Tristan, you've got to open your mouth. You've got to, you've got to cry out. You've got to lift your voice. We can pray with you and for you. But somewhere along the line, that's got to come flowing out of you. Hey, man, a blind Bartimaeus would have never received his sight if he'd have just stood there and kept his mouth shut. But he didn't. And neither did he let the naysayers and the doubters keep him from crying out. It might have been uncomfortable for them. And they might, might have thought, well, boy, you'll never get his attention. Look at the multitude and the noise. He can't hear you, but he heard him. But he heard him. And he'll hear you this morning. He'll hear you in your situation. He'll hear you in his, your dilemma. But it's, it's got to be out of honesty. And it's got to be out of sincerity. And it's got to be, God, I want your visitation. I want your heartbeat. I want your will. God, I want to be a servant. I want to be your disciple. Or maybe you are a disciple, but you're in a, a dilemma. And you're in a situation. But I'm here to tell you, you and I have got to reach that point in place even in those times. God, you're the lifter. You're the answer. You're the reason. God, I just don't want to just get out of this. Hey, man, but 
but if you want to delay me, okay. But if not, then your grace is sufficient. Either way, I'm going to win. I'm not going to. God never puts his church in a place to lose. God never puts any member of his church to lose. It doesn't matter where we're at and what we're facing. How many devils and how deep the, the valley may be, honey. I'm telling you this morning under this race of the Holy Ghost. God's intention is for you to win. God's intention for you to be victorious. I tell you, the word of God says he's made us overcomers. Not just occasionally and not just here and there. But everything the world faces, you face. And God brings us through every bit of it. Are you hearing me this morning? We're not exempt. We got to walk through things just like that family had to walk last week. We got to walk through them. But the difference is he's with us. We don't lose our minds. We don't lose our salvation. We don't lose our faith. We don't lose our confidence. <laughs> well, it didn't turn out. No, it didn't. Nobody wanted that more than anybody else in this house. To see Matt come off of that bed. See God miraculously healed him. And that surgeon made it plain to us that Saturday evening. We got to have help from somewhere else. We can't do it. We don't have enough to work with. Amen. But I talked to him yesterday. But John the Baptist didn't get it the way he thought it was going to be. And even though he had walked with God. And he preached the word. And they came by the multitudes. And he was the one that physically baptized the man called Jesus in Jordan. He was the one, amen, that was called and elected. Amen. But I'm telling you, when he's laying up in that prison. And he sent two of his disciples to Jesus. Are you him or do we look for another? Amen. He struggled with it. Because his ideas and how he thought it ought to work out. Wasn't working out the way he did. Everything on this earth don't work out the way we think it ought to work out. But God's still faithful. God's still in the business of healing. I pray for these this morning believing God's going to heal them. That God's going to raise them up. Hallelujah. If he doesn't, that's God's business. But I don't want to be on account that we didn't ask him. I tell you one thing. If you don't ask, you're not going to get nothing. But if you ask him, that's the reason you ask him for forgiveness. You ask him to heal you. You ask him to save you. You got to ask him though. Hallelujah. It's not just going to miraculous and supernatural happen. No, no. That's a doctor named man that's come up. That who's going to be saved, going to be saved though it's going to be no 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 the choice is up to us we choose whether or not we're going to believe it and we choose whether or not we're going to respond to it that lies within us that's where it brings us to this action church what I'd like for us to do this morning if you don't mind why don't we just come gather up together as some action that we're going to take and we're going to ask God to help us to be the church and take on the actions. Now, you know, you know what? How many, wants to, how, many wants to, how many wants to be active in the church? By your response this morning helps determines that. You didn't respond. If you're a little hesitant about it, then you're a little hesitant about being. And please, I ain't talking that to guests. I'm, talking, I'm passionate to church here, okay? Guests, you don't take that. <laughs> But if we claim to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we claim to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith, then there's something in us that says, you know what, I want to, I want to, I'm going to be in the action. How many of you men want to go to the deer camp and all they want you there for is to cook the breakfast and clean up the dishes and have dinner ready when they get back? Huh? Well, you won't take no trophies home. You won't have no deer stories to tell. Hey, hallelujah, I want some trophies. I want some that the devil thought they had. I want some that the hell thought they had. But that's what the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. The church, not just Jesus, but the church of the living God. 
That's what we after. Now, if they don't want to be saved, ain't nothing I can do for them. But if they want to be saved, if they want to have an ear to hear the word of God, we got the answer. Because we were where they were at. And so we want to do that. So what I want us to do this morning is to pray. Ask God to help us to get involved in the action that he'd want us to be in. I'm not saying we have to be. I'm just saying whatever it might be. Now, now listen, to it. nobody's too young and nobody's too old to be in the action of the church in some form, in some manner. Amen. There are some things I believe that the has just kind of faded out. They're not gone. They're just laying dormant in the body of the church. In talents and gifts and callings and in the spiritual realm. Okay. Prayer warriors. Intercessors. Hmm. The Bible talks about, I told my wife this week, I still hadn't went back and just studied it out. Bible calls an area helps. Helps. Part of the team. Who is that? What are they doing? Hmm. How many of you think if you got your little finger to help the rest of your hand? Helps. You'd be surprised. If you don't think it's important, tape it up. Cut it off. You'll find out. I need it. But I want us to pray. I want to take on action. But I want the action that the Father wants us to. I think we've got to be careful. I think there's some that took on some actions maybe. Uh, and maybe this is where some gets out there. They get caught up in religion. They get caught up in these things. And, and never know the truth. Never, never uh, have the experience they should have had. Because they got so caught up. And then they reach a place after... After a few years in that, so caught up and soaked to it that even when God reveals truth to them, they're not willing to make the sacrifice and forsake all of that that they've taught and preached and practiced to come to truth. So we can get ourselves ensnared in some things in the wrong action, even though we meant it to be good. Paul done it. Paul persecuted the church thinking he was doing the will of God. Okay? But he done it, he said, out of ignorantly. Paul's writings, Corinthian church taught us, unlearn. They didn't know any better. And so when you and I have insight and revelation and the anointing of God and taking on the action of God, we can help be a help and a blessing to others. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning. Appreciate you so much. What a great host that has gathered here this morning to join and calling and crying out to you and for your touch, for your anointing and for your baptism upon our hearts, our souls and our minds. First of all, we thank you for the revelation of truth. God, we know that we have not earned this, but you blessed us, and we thank you for it. We give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for it. We're thankful for the Holy Ghost this morning, and God, we ask you to help us. Help us to take on the actions as the church of the living God in our communities, in our families, in our surrounding areas. God, you help us to be inspired and stirred and quickened, to know how to do and when to do, and the season to do it in as we're led by your Spirit as the sons of God. 
God and the daughters of God doing what would be pleasing unto you regardless of how small or how great the task might be God you would anoint us equip us and guide us and God it would to edify the body it would be do, to edify the kingdom it wouldn't be about us as individual but we would do this to be a blessing unto others and help win others God to bring them into the fold to bring them to you and to the revelation of your word and your power and grace we love you this morning and appreciate you we believe that you'll hear our prayers that you'll answer them and move upon us as we give you the glory and the praising honor for the mighty things and the awesome things that you've been doing in our lives in that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ we pray let's give the Lord a good hand clap of thanksgiving in this house today praise God let me make this announcement. Brother Jacob Phillips will be with us Wednesday night. You want to announce that? Invite somebody. But Brother Jacob Phillips will be with us Wednesday night preaching for us. Okay? All right. God bless you. I'm sure the praise singers will be singing at 4.30 this evening, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. God bless you. It's good to see everybody.